I'm joining you from beautiful, snowy New Jersey. Yes, three feet of fresh snow <laughs> over the weekend and snowing every day this week. You know, as I look back on 2020, how did your year go? Did you lay out your plans in January and say sales will increase, headcount will increase, it'll just be a great year? What happened, really? Maybe not so much. Maybe it depends on the industry you're in. For some of you, it was about changing plans quickly, pivoting fast, workforce reductions. But for those of you that were leveraging data and analytics and making these investments earlier in AI and cloud, you were pivoting faster, performing better. For example, Canadian Tire. Now, if you're not from Canada, maybe you don't know this brand. Some have described them as similar to Walmart in some respects in that they sell a lot of products, both in store, in person, but through e-commerce, bicycles, fitness gear, barbecue grills, fishing equipment, a lot. And they invested in ThoughtSpot early. So in the early days of the pandemic, they could already see the signals, the trends that were so radically different. For example, bicycle sales increased 189% in the first few weeks of these COVID lockdowns back in March and April. And leveraging data and analytics, retail, we know some are struggling. They did not make these early bets in digital transformation and in data. And there's questions about how well they will survive going forward. And yet the benefits, Canadian Tire, so their e-commerce business up from the latest quarter reported 132% year over year. Their store sales, both in-person and e-commerce, 19% year over year. So this is where those that, that invest in data and analytics early are weathering this crazy economy much better. Now, some of you might say, oh yeah, but Cindy, that depends on the industry. Of course, we're working out more in the pandemic. What else can we do? We can't even travel. So push back on me on that always. But let's look at Clarity Travel, a business travel agency in Europe, in the UK. And for sure, in the early days of the pandemic, revenues plunged. But there was a massive demand for data. The executive team had more questions about working capital, margins, resourcing requirements, and the demand for data, as they say, hit us early on and it's just kept accelerating. So their head of information management, Darren Williams, talks about how having these data-driven insights using search and AI lets them answer all these new business questions. And even though so many travel agencies and airlines have been hard hit in this pandemic, Data helps them navigate better, faster. And this is really what AI and analytics is all about. It's cutting through the hype 
and actually delivering measurable business value. So I'd like to share with you as you look ahead to 2021, what are the plans you should be making? What are the top trends that I'm seeing across all the industries, across the globe, all the sectors? And more important than the trends themselves, it's what should you do about them? Today, because we just have a few minutes, 15 minutes, I'll talk about the four most important ones that I want you to act on and lay your plans here. The first one, the fight to survive outpaces the fear. And oftentimes I talk about how culture and technology are really two sides of the same coin. Do you have a culture that is risk averse, afraid of making bold ideas, or we're good enough is acceptable? And if anything has forced you to think differently, I do think the pandemic has changed things. Would you have imagined a year ago that you could go to a full remote workforce? Or maybe your company said, no, we don't support remote work. And you went work from home overnight in a matter of weeks. And those of you in manufacturing are not able to do that. You have to bring people into the work environment. And would you imagine the health sa safety that you would have to rapidly test for? So according to 451 Group, 80% of the organizations said that the pandemic has enabled them to make lasting organizational, technical, and operational changes. This is key. So as you look ahead, I want you to be bold. Don't let that fear hold you back. Really, it's about fighting, not only to survive or get through this, but really to be best in class, best in class customer service, best in class operational efficiencies. So be bold, use your imagination, achieve what maybe what you thought before was impossible, really is possible. I like this quote from one of our customers, Darren Petraeus, Vice President of Analytics at First Command Financial Services, serving our military. And he said, never let a crisis go to waste. He actually used the pandemic and the fact that business as usual was not possible anymore to say, we need to stop developing dashboards that take three weeks before we even get to a dashboard. And that is meaningless as soon as we deliver it because we have so many new questions. So he challenged the status quo, stopped the old legacy processes and was able to bring search and AI analytics to his organization. I also want you to accelerate your cloud plans. Why is this? This is about the speed of innovation. It's combining analytic workloads with data science and data warehouse together, and it's doing more with less. That's what all of you are being charged with. Now, just a few years ago, most of your data was on-premises and you followed the data gravity. In fact, in 2016, Gartner estimated that the cloud only accounted 
for 7% of your data was in the cloud. They've accelerated that projection to now where two thirds of the data is expected to be in the cloud by 2024. And many of you are still saying, we don't even have a strategy. Where do we start? And it can be overwhelming. Do you lift and shift? Do you redesign as you move to the cloud? And what about the skills, learning all these new technologies, whether it's Amazon Web Services or Snowflake or Data Vault, Google BigQuery, all of it. It can be overwhelming. Start with the first 1%, whether it's your 1% of data, your 1% of business value, your 1% improvement on operating efficiencies. But always keep that bold vision in mind. You're working towards that, it's accelerated, yes. But start, learn the lessons, learn the technology, upskill the people, rinse and repeat. It's less overwhelming this way. The next trend, organizations who leverage external data will outperform their competitors by double digits. If you follow me on social media, I think you know I love my chocolate. Hershey's, a great example of leveraging external data to navigate changing buying patterns. And they were using new data sets, COVID case counts. We didn't even have that a year ago. COVID case counts, but also human mobility. So this is a new data set that shows where are we buying our chocolate? We're consuming more at home. And ahead of the busy Halloween season, recognizing that trick-or-treating would not be the same. They were able to pivot their supply chain. And the net benefit, 5.5% increase in year-over-year -year sales outperforming competitors, at least in North America. And net income rose. Why is this? What does this really mean or what's happening? So many of you have focused on your internal data only. And I get it, it makes sense. Start with what you can control. And yet you're still struggling to unlock the value of your internal data, but your internal data is the lagging indicators. Your sales is telling you what happened last month. Orders is telling you what's coming. And maybe at best for your leading indicators, you're looking at web traffic or social media. You need to move to faster, earlier signals for better forecasting. This might include alternative data types like job hiring trends. And I don't mean what governments publish that are a month after the fact. This is really pulling data from job sites like Indeed or LinkedIn to say what are the hot growth markets, either by region or by industry. Or it's looking at COVID case counts. And human mobility, particularly when you're pivoting your supply chains, having to deliver goods, optimizing it, so bringing in these earlier signals, don't take my word alone for this. Pioneer visionary in our field, Tom Davenport. If you think about machine learning, how many of your models were rendered useless because you had so many zeros? 
Tom says, trying to model low probability events in a highly disruptive event, it's requiring a greater use of external data. And external data will provide an earlier warning signal. The next trend, data science loses its luster and is no longer the sexiest job of the 21st century, as Tom Davenport and DJ Patel wrote a few years ago. And now, wait a minute, I know many of you are data scientists or aspiring data scientists. Don't tune out, hear me out. What's happening? I hope you also listened to Ben Taylor uh, from Data Robot yesterday. Ben cited that 75% of AI projects fail. And there was a really good debate on LinkedIn then, how do we define failure? Research from MIT Sloan put the number higher at 85%, and the way they're measuring it is based on return on investment. So fail fast to learn, yes, but no business value, it's unacceptable. What's happening? Why? I think as an industry, data science, we've touted that it's the sexiest job, the highest paying job, but we're only teaching and emphasizing too much coding. Yes, we need the math, but too little business domain expertise. We need to change this. We need to actually embrace low code or no code, so low code platforms, whether it's data robot, data IQ, or for the business analysts, the data analysts and the non-analysts, the no-code platforms like ThoughtSpot, which will leverage the AI insight automatically. So de-emphasize the coding, emphasize business domain expertise so we can find the value, deliver the value. And all of this foundational, we need the communication skills. The communication skills mean listening, what are the opportunities but then also communicating the value using skills like data storytelling. For those of you that are a dashboard developer or a data analyst today, for you, it's about bringing the joy back to your job so that you really have an impact on the business. A large portion of you said you're working as hard as ever, but you can't keep up with the demand for new insights. I encourage you to listen to Scott Peck on the Data Chief podcast, who has turned his dashboard developers into analytics rock stars. They really are more business champions and love their jobs. The last trend, you know, at ThoughtSpot, we talk about our purpose is to create a fact-driven world. But when I think about the use cases, I've often said HR is one of those forgotten children, usually prioritized last, unless you're maybe in a professional services industry. And if we look at the racial injustices of 2020, I hope this will not just be a footnote in history. I hope that data will better expose the wide gap in equity, but more importantly, be used to drive and empower change. And I applaud Gannett, for example, 
the owners of USA Today newspapers, sharing their diversity metrics, but also recognizing they have data gaps. They were not tracking things like racial diversity, age diversity, or Starbucks taking it one step higher, further, tying executive compensation to achieving these diversity metrics. And NASDAQ most recently has proposed requirements for multiple types of diversity on a company's board, or you will not be able to continue to be listed on the NASDAQ stock exchange. So when I think about these initiatives from these leading companies, to me, this is why a fact-driven world is actually a better world. And this is an opportunity for you as the data and analytics professionals and leaders to drive change in your company, but really making society a better place. So I think if you follow these best practices, these top trends, I look ahead to 2021 and I'm predicting, hoping it will be a better year powered in part by analytics and AI. Kate, let me know, what are people saying on LinkedIn or Twitter? Hello, Cindy, thank you so much for providing these, this really great overview of all of these trends. You're getting um, probably what, four or 500 comments and questions coming in and I know we have about three minutes, so we'll take as many as we can get. Um, Anna's saying she's loving the real world examples. Sandra's also saying true, love the examples. Very interesting study, really, really great feedback here. We did have some questions. Um, oh, Grace said she had the privilege to test drive ThoughtsPod during the uh, hackathon. Great tool, she loves to search and type analytics. Um, going to some of the questions now. Let's see, question here from Brian. He's asking, how do we ensure the data we're using, either internal or external, is not biased towards one group or another? Yes, I love that question, Brian, because let's be honest, all data is biased. All data is biased. It's about recognizing those biases and accounting for it. So in, in ThoughtSpot Spot IQ, we actually let you remove certain elements. So let's take zip code, could be biased or a proxy for race. So being able to remove that from your AI-generated insights is technically possible, but you should go into it recognizing all data is biased. Yes, absolutely. I had somebody say that on my talk before, and I'm like, wait, what? And we had an hour-long discussion just on that topic. Um, thank you. So Sandra says, thanks for mentioning the importance of diversity and the benefits of it. I agree. Really, really great that you mentioned that. More comments saying that you know they really love the examples and the trends. And then uh, a question here from Kimberly. She's asking, how can we get more directors of data storytelling within organizations? Is data storyteller the new sexiest job? Well, so I love that, Kimberly. Thank you. I do think data storytelling as a skill is, is required. I think the analyst of the future is the sexiest job. And the analysts of the future are great storytellers. And with anything, start small, practice with one use case. Is it supply chain? Is it diversity and inclusion? Apply those data storytelling techniques to that. And if I can, again, recommend a podcast, listen to Donald Farmer on The Data Chief and listen to Miko Yuck tomorrow here on Dedicated. 
Yes, yes, she'll be here, absolutely. Um, all right, let's see. I think we have time for maybe one or two more. Larissa says, does anyone else feel like genuine communication is one of your company's least used assets? I believe we all think we communicate well, but when we take a step back, it's usually lacking the listening piece, which rolls into uh, a miss on the solution. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's a great point, Larissa. And interestingly, I recently, somebody said to me, what are your greatest skills that you only just realized? And one of them is listening. I, I would often think I'm too quiet, but um, listen, I, there's a great book. Uh, if those of you parents read it a long time ago, how to talk so people will listen, but how to listen so people will talk. And I do think we've underemphasized this. Digital communications in a way make it harder because we're so quick to post that Slack message, fire off that email. And, yeah. and I do think get comfortable with the silences and you will hear more what are the true pain points, what's going on. Absolutely, I love that. And I think we have time maybe for one last question. Since we're talking about trends here all day, is there any way you could jump on a trend before it gets hyped? It's a, it's a tough one. Yes. Well, do you want to be leading edge or bleeding edge? But I do think, you know, be, having that first mover advantage, this is where we talk about AI driven insights and search. Is it still early? And I say it's mainstream for the most innovative companies like our thoughts about early customers were walmart verizon hulu so rich in data or in europe nationwide building society so spotting the trends placing small bets changing the people in the culture is still the hardest thing so that's where i'd go back to start with the one percent have your big vision some of your small bets may not pay off but that's where Starting small, it's fail fast. You'll decide what you keep and what you uh, don't adopt. Awesome, I love that. Thank you so much, Cindy.